This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 409, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Well, I saved my pennies and I saved my dimes. Giddy up, giddy up, 409. For I knew there would be a time. Giddy up, giddy up, 409. When I would buy a brand new 409. Hello, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 409. My name is Connor Kelpatrick, and joining me are Josh Flanagan. Hello. And the internet's Paul Montgomery. Hello. Wow, it's something happened well, I'm not aware of. It's just He's so impressive. We are a fanboy. I like, admire you, Paul. We like I comics. I admire you too, Josh. Every, every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book we read. Call that the pick of the week. We talk about in this show, along with other books of the week, other topics of interest, and other goofy nonsense. Before we get to the show, quick reminder and a warning, this is a review show, so there will be spoilers, and we'll talk about things that happened in the book, so if you haven't read them yet, and you're fearful of spoilers, pause, <laughs> the, pause the show and come back. Is there a phobia, official phobia for spoilers? I feel should like be. there should be for some people on the internet. We'll figure that out. Yeah. We'll get the doctor yeah. hopped on that. <laughs> Paul! <laughs> Listen, I got the text messages also. Paul! Connor. You had the pick. I did. I did have the pick. A um, lot of interesting stuff. A lot of new things came out this week. Um, for me, uh, we all you. love a Western, right? Yeah, we love Western. We love yeah. a Western. Uh, Pretty Deadly Number 1 by Kelly Sue DeConnick, Emma Rios, and little-known colorist Jordi Belair. <laughs> she's celebrating. She's doing her victory lap. Welcome on to the Jordy Belair podcast. Welcome to the Jordy Belair cast. Well, you know the thing is, you don't. You know, what you people don't understand, it is difficult to transfer money from Ireland, <laughs> and she is doing a fine job. And of their it. economy is uh, not in great shape, so no, it's tough. No, but she's working. She's just she's just slumming over there, so yeah, it's fine. She has one more week to get a full month. It is a five Wednesday month uh, of iFanboy picks of the week. Anyways, uh, I thought pretty deadly was a ripper on good time and apparently some people are taking that a little too literally oh Um, you wrote that down yes i did Um, (laughs) did you pull your collar out while you said it this is (laughs) so this is this is this is a western it's a it's a fairy tale um it's a sort of a, a pale rider kind of western um, it's a very dark, kind of a kind of a Johnny Cash kind of western, and there's a bit of poetry to it, which which I like. And there's even a little bit of samurai kind of action. There's like a blind swordsman in here, and so this this sort of ticked off all my boxes. Um, this is like all the things that I love, and it also looked really gorgeous. And um, looking through this book, if if you're not familiar with Emma Rios, like I, I kind of see sort of a a Raphael Grandpa. Um, Yuko Shimizu kind of thing. Yuko Shimizu, the, the cover artist for The Unwritten. I see a little bit of that in there. In the just the great inking um, and a lot of great texture there with just like these, like this, just the tufts of, of hair and, and grass and, and just all the different textural stuff. And I love that it starts with the cover with that great sort of like pink um, sundown reflected in the water and as we know from the lord of the rings that means that orcs are going to die the next day right um and that sort of sets it up and and it there's this sort of like pastel color palette throughout that reminds me of just those beautiful sort of stop and stare kind of sundowns um and there's there's going to be some killing tomorrow uh, and so yeah, so this is this is uh, it's it's a book that it definitely has a rhythm to it, and you sort of have to latch on to that sort of fairy tale ballad kind of rhythm um, because it it is kind of if you, if you don't latch on to that, I can see how it would be kind of confusing. And with this first issue, um, still still getting to know this cast of characters and what they're up to. There's a girl with like a vulture cloak and she's hanging out with a guy who may or may not be blind with a blindfold on. And he's a very kind of a blind swordsman kind of samurai character and death's daughter, basically in this, in this fairy tale that they tell, we have this character that looks kind of like 
vampire hunter D with the big furs and stuff on, on her shoulder and, and the big brimmed hat. And she reminds me, it's like, it's, it's, she's a Clint Eastwood kind of character. Like I said, like I said, pale rider earlier, um, just very, very dark, uh, force of nature kind of character coming in and probably going to be dealing in a lot of death. Um, shoots a guy in the leg, uh, and leaves him to be infected in, in, um, in a, in a bordello. And um, so there, there is a bit of fun to be had in this issue too. But uh, what did you guys think about this? It looked good. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 did, af- I didn't really I'm like af- it. I'm, I'm afraid of saying anything. <laughs> I, listen, first, my copy is pristine. I haven't ripped it. I haven't done anything. I didn't get it. I didn't really like it. Uh, okay. I figured that that would be the case. Did you? Do you, you, you assume that much? I mean, it's... Uh, I don't know. Well, I talk I, to you guys on a weekly basis, and I kind of have a feeling of what you guys are. Yeah, getting. Yeah, no, that, that makes like sense. It. Why? I don't. I don't know. I just it just didn't speak to me at all in any way. And I like it looked really good, like Connor said, uh, but I don't know. It just felt um, like it was it was hinting at things instead of telling me things, and I don't quite understand what what the point was. And the, there was all the fancy bits at the beginning, uh, you know, where it was. I don't know. I just didn't get it. It didn't. It didn't. didn't it felt excite. very disjointed. Uh, I, I just didn't follow along very, very well. It didn't feel grounded. Yeah. I, I I couldn't tell you what the story is, or who I'm supposed to care about. Okay. Um, I've heard I've heard stream of consciousness applied to yes. the structure of the story, and I mean a lot of times I can I that that can totally turn me off to something like I, I you know I'm not I'm not a big fan of dream sequences so when you get a little too transcendental I'm not into it but I I really think it's it's one of those books where like satellite Sam or something like that you kind of have to be on the right wavelength for it and if you're not it's I think it's it there's a lot of really subjective things about this book that could either really entrance you or, or could really turn you off and, and, and make you more dismissive of the book. And, and I, I completely understand that. Um, for me, this, this really worked. And I, 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 I love that, that opening where the girl in the vulture cloak is, is describing this, this fairy tale, almost in this like Sweeney Todd kind of way of this, this tragic romance. Um, that culminated in this this guy locking up uh, this girl in a tower. Um, so like Rapunzel, and then death comes to take her, and they ultimately conceive a child. And that child is is basically this this um, sort of Clint Eastwood like uh, man with no name, but it's it's a woman with no name kind of character who death rides on the wind. And um, I don't know. I just I I looked at it as sort of a a ballad, and it is very abstract. But um, I don't know. I guess the, I guess just tonally and and just a lot of the elements here are all things that I dig samurai movies and and uh, and um, and really dark like black hearted kind of westerns and and so that that really turned me on with this. I think I think that one of the things that I'm noticing we've been we've been I think very um, positive on on Image Comics lately. Uh, but one of the things that I'm starting to see is this. There's like a few strains of patterns that are developing. Okay. There's a pattern of um, sort of uh, not quite apocalyptic, but like secret agency behind everything in the world is actually shit stories. A few of those. Mm-hmm. This feels like like it's somehow related to sort of an ethereal, strange Western story. East of West. As is as of East, East of, of West. West. Sure. Um, and there's there's a couple other things like in that sci-fi vein Porn. and. Yeah, sex. That was the other thing. <laughs> just, just vaginas, just everywhere and butts. Um, no, but, but it's true. Like, like I'm starting to see these themes. They're gonna have like, like the the sex wing of 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 image. But uh, in that way, like, to com- if I was to compare it to East of West, um, which I'm having a hard time grasping onto now at this point. Also, like, it's missing for me. Uh, you need, know, you need like an a, element like a, to hold on to. You need a central character. There, there, like at least the very least, East of West seems to have an edge attitude, almost a sense of humor to it. In a sense, mm-hmm. uh, it has a couple of things that there was just nothing here for me to 
that, that that grabbed me like that, I guess. And and I'm not sitting here saying this is terrible. It's just not my thing. It's not like I read it and was like, oh, this is bad. I just was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think, don't think between between this and East of West, I think <laughs> I think between between this and East and West, East of West, um, the most exciting thing and the thing that I latch onto is like death is coming. It's this just like this. Um, encroaching force and it, it's like the like the punisher like there's this force of nature that is that is coming to get you and um what's going to happen when they get here now it could totally drop the ball when death does get here and we see just what it amounts to but maybe it amounts to something amazing and for me it's it's just that that feeling of like you know the the hair in your neck standing up that this this you know, ferocious like gunslinger is is coming, and what's going to happen when um, when she does? So, um, I hope people I hope people check it out. I hope people stick around for a few issues and just and just see what's what's happening here because I, I think it could be cool. Now, much like George Costanza, I want to wrap myself in velvet. Velvet number one. Ensconce yourself. Ensconce myself in velvet. Brew Baker and Epting, and this is my pick of the week. Had I had the pick of the week, which I didn't. Um, I loved everything about this. I figured this would be the pick of the week if, <laughs> if this it was you guys. Is, uh, Image Comics, new number one, Brubaker and Epting doing a straight-up spy story set in the 70s, or at least partially in the 70s. And, partially, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they were basically doing a 70s spy story or attempting to do one with Captain America when they worked together before. And this is them getting to do it straight up, you know, no superhero business spy story. And I loved everything about it. It's basically Stacey London from TLC's What Not to Wear <laughs> as sort of a fusion of Miss Money Penny and James Bond. That's funny. Um, like because she's like she's the like supposedly the receptionist or the secretary and. Right, it's basically what if Miss Moneypenny was the baddest ass in the office, but she's just sort of retired. Because this is what I really liked about this was the protagonist isn't like some slinky twenty-five-year-old. You know, she's she's a little older. She's got some gray hair. That silver streak. They had yeah. they had to put that gray streak in there. It's just a visual representation right, that she's like, not twenty two. And well, there's a bit. There's a bit. She's got a bit more lines in her face than normal. No, I know, I know. Scenes. But like, you know, she's sort of an expert, and she's a veteran, and so she's probably in her forties, and which is not a, usually a female heroine you get in comics very much. And uh, I like that she sort of had retired. It's it's a nice <laughs> twist on things. There's a there's an older female heroine, and it's being written by. Ed Brubaker or Greg Rocca. Like that's that's it. That's the only that's the only way that gets sold. And I should um, say this is my this is my runner up and I I love all the car scenes. Because it just because it feels he, he draws like, great cars. It oh just my feels like God a does cry movie, yeah. This is this is one of those things where we were always uh, we're always amazed when we would compare Steve Epting to old Steve Epting. Yes. But like I feel like he's even leveled up here. This book like 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 the books that he did with Captain America had a fe- boy was he wrong for the Fantastic Four. Yes, but, um, the books that he did in Captain America had a feel of this era, but in this book, like they are this era, so he can just go nuts in it. And what what an amazing fit! What a what a perfect sort of tone visually, I think. And also, I I think it was nice to see Ed Brubaker uh, do something. I mean, obviously, there's like a really familiar feeling with him and Epting, but it was nice to see him do something that was creator-owned that wasn't um, Steve uh, Sean Phillips. And I like Sean right. Phillips a lot, but I never got into the um, whatever the Cthulhu Fatal. book is he has now. Yeah, um, I was probably just very dismissive right there. Cthulhu. But um, I don't know. Just it, it had all the look and feel of the of the parts of Captain America that I really liked, but without any of the shackles, going, you know, with with, so with, with bright visor and thing. colors. I really I liked it a lot. <laughs> I don't think I was effusive as you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got a little confused about which handsome brown-haired man I was looking yeah, at at any given time. Well. And I had to go back a couple of times to compare where his bangs are down, his bangs are up. Um, which the you know, queen of country problem. There is some great hair yes. in here, though. But they had color to lean on that they didn't have in the other one. They were all in the same suit, um, which, again, they would have been. But uh, I liked that, it. Look at that Mustang. I want to know what's gonna. No, and the car was just was just perfect. Nineteen sixty eight, New York, Cherry Baby in the background, Shaolin versus Ninja. Yeah, that that sort of uh, driving along on what I imagine is Eighth Avenue, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somewhere in the forties. Um, that sold it for me entirely. 
Uh, it just has that, that period piece kind of lighting, yeah. kind of 60s, 70s I think, I think it was yeah. something in the air. We're talking about Captain America, Winter Soldier later, but it, that, yeah. that also has a very 70s spy movie sure. feeling, and uh, I read this after having seen the trailer, and it's just sort of, I was in that mood of, this is awesome, this is just a 70s spy story with uh, the cars and the, the lingo and the technology, and I thought it was great. I really liked yeah, it. It was... I like this a lot. I, I and I um I mean my preference for Brubaker is more the like the low down kind of crime stuff, like like the first Stark of Criminal, like that kind of stuff. Um over the the spy kind of thing, but I thought this was you know this was pretty cool. It was great, and it's an oversized issue, so you get a whole hell of a lot of story in it. Yeah. Really, really good. Am I the only one reading Tom Strong and the Planet of Peril? We are both reading Tom Strong and the Planet no. of Peril because it's called that. I'm really I really love it. I, mean, I don't think we talk yeah. about it that much, but I really no. do. It's talk it's, about the first one. It's kind of a strange but fun trip through this unknown world full of familiar tropes, which is not a, a groundbreaking kind of story. But I like the characters that we're meeting, yeah, and I like this world ravaged by plague and all of the things that come with it. What's interesting about it is that so you know Tom Strong very like just like a golden age kind of idea, like a, like an Ed, Edgar Rice Burroughs kind of. Tarzani kind of character. Doc that's Savage, that's his origin. Yeah. Doc Savage, yeah, and and you know the the talking monkeys and robots and things and and but then you you put that into like this issue. Each issue has been a little bit different um, in setting. Um, they're on the they're on Terra, Terra Obscura. Excuse me, um, getting choked up. Uh, and, <laughs> and I love this book. <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, ah. And it's. Uh, you know, terrible things have gone wrong on this planet, which is basically like a mirror world, and they're looking for that world's Tom Strong. And this one's kind of like a Mad Max kind of thing, like right. like convoys and and uh, supply convoy gets attacked by a biker gang, and they have to yeah, circle biker the gangs and, and stuff. And, yeah, I and, really like uh, it. Right. Who's writing this? Peter Hogan, Paul Hogan, Hogan. I mean, I all I know who here's who's writing it. Not Alan Moore. Right. And that's not. I'm not coming down on it for that because no. the, out of all of the things that he quote unquote created, and yes, I've said that. I'm grown up enough to say that. This is one of those ones that's very. It's like anybody could have done that if 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 he you know like they could have just done another character like this. He he was just playing on a theme really. So as long as somebody else can do that. Uh, effectively, which it sounds like they uh, they are. That's cool. Okay. Paul Hogan browsers. is Crocodile Dundee. Um, yeah. Peter Hogan is, is the British comic writer that I'm thinking. I like the character we met in this, um, the Cavalier. Yes, who is basically kind of kind of a Green Arrow esque character in the world, simply because of the mask or uh, the face, I guess. But you know, he's the but he is because he's he's talking about how he's in a superhero team, but all he can do is swing a little sword. Well, they fought aliens and things like that. I thought the character was, and really he's sort great. of like he's like Errol Flynn, like yeah. he's just, he's this real ladies' man, but everyone, th- but he puts on these airs that he's a he's a fop, but in his words, that right. everyone thinks he's gay, and um, that's his that's his thing, <laughs> that's his shtick. Um, he has that that sword, and um, I it's interesting to see a like. There's a lot of times where they bring the gold. There's you know a lot of hay to be made from bringing a golden age property into um, a dark, gritty, like Dark Knight Returns kind of world. And it's like, do they change or do they stay the same? And I like that, like Tom Strong is Tom Strong, is resilient, and he's always that character. And just because the surroundings are darker and, you know, uh, Thunderdome-y, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, he doesn't go there. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I love, I, I really just... It's not a book I would rave about, but every time a new one comes out, I go, ooh, and I'm happy to read it. Oh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just really entertaining. And it's a mini. I think it's a five, five or six. He makes that same noise when the mail comes, so yeah, don't. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's really funny about um, Daredevil 32 is that I had completely forgotten about what was on the cover. <laughs> so I'm reading it. And I then, t- me too. So when the, when the big reveal yeah. happened with the uh, monsters... I was completely caught on awareness because I literally had forgot. I just went, dived right into the issue. And, and what's funny is that I had definitely noticed that cover. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'd seen it around and I'd be like, oh, that's weird. And, then, and, and again, like as soon as I flipped it open, like, it, it was gone, right. which is, I guess, the best case scenario for this. I knew Mark Wade was up to something, though, because they have, they have that great transition where Daredevil is going up to – because there's something – he there's some ties that Foggy has found between the Sons of the Serpent and the Occult. 
and he's and he, so he goes to talk to Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange sends him to, and Chris Samney does a great Doctor Strange. Um, sends him to Chris Samney does a great uh, everything, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to see to see Jack Russell. Right. Um, and so that should have clued to maybe some monsters, but <laughs> that's but, the name of Werewolf by Night. I just that just right. occurred to me now. Exactly. That's, that's by the way, that's after. they tried to do a gritty version of Werewolf by Night, and he's still named Jack Russell. I don't know how those right. two things square <laughs> each other. Um, but they have that great transition where Doctor Strange is setting up. You're going to go to this place that's very strange and is unlike anywhere you've ever been. And like you see this establishing shot, and it's in it's in silhouette, and it's like a, an old creepy house and a tower, and you think like with Transylvania or something. And then the next panel, you see the light coming through, and it's a sign. You're welcome to like a, it's a town in Tennessee. Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky. Kentucky, excuse me. They're not all this. They're not all this. God damn it. This East Coast liberal bullshit damn is going to be the death of us all. <laughs> damn it. Um, but I, just, I, would compl- I was like, oh, my monsters. Right. Cover. Duh. Like, it just was. It was nice. It was nice I, to be completely caught off guard. Even the, and, then, and then Matt Murdock is in the taxi and he's talking to the guys and, and he's saying, all those race riots you got up there in New York City and, it's, and uh, all those wild animals running around. And he's like, when you talk about wild animals, and he's like, well, we don't let those people around here. And then they're going after the, the darks. <laughs> like yeah. they're going to have their own like pitchfork thing. And you're like, what's coming here? But I knew like, like he's like subverting expectations. And well, it's, I mean, the they're, sad not, thing is they're not I going to lynch had- somebody. The sad thing is I have had the first half of that conversation with someone in the South. Again, not the whole South is like that, but I've had it. You could have that conversation anywhere. But the, so anywhere. the point yeah, is I mean, yeah, I I mean you, you went to school in upstate New York. The point is <laughs> I was not thinking monsters. So I was thinking that he was going right. to go with it, go here and get some angry letters. It's not as and if – So then when the monsters came, I was like, all right. It's not as if Wade hasn't, hasn't let his – feelings be known politically no but i was like oh no but i was like wade wouldn't it's it's not that simple there's something else going on here and okay maybe i remembered the cover too so i knew where it was going <laughs> i th- i i think that the the thing that was really that made this issue stand out for me and the reason that I, that you know that i wanted to talk is that it it felt really loose and i don't mean that in a bad way i just feel like at this point they are able like wade is just a- having fun with it like he's having a lot of fun with it well, and the, the conventions of yeah, well, bullshit. Uh, the, and the like, the conventions of what Daredevil is and what a hero is supposed to be. And there's a very sort of old school Marvel thing going on here, where Matt is is continual is is making bad choices a lot. <laughs> He's rushing in head first, and it feels like sort of you know early Spider Man, the kind of thing where like he, he, you know. He's blundering in ahead of himself, and right. he's getting—he's too confident. And I—and I really like that's a subversion of sort of our expectations of superheroes. It doesn't actually happen all that much, especially with a character like Daredevil, who for such a long time was, I got this, you know, basically. Right. Uh, and and he's really stuck with without turning into a comedy, but he's stuck with, with continually exploring the limitations of the guy's limitations. Like he he like he's blind, and he makes mistakes based on it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't remember that being a thing that happened all that often. And then at the same time, like at the very end, screw it. Uh, have uh, Satana and Werewolf by Night and a mummy. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's – like, go go with it. So much happens in this issue too. I mean you get the yes. stuff with the Jester in the beginning. I forgot the whole first half. The Jester stuff and like the, that – and when you're talking about being conscious of – Matt's blindness and then how other people perceive that or they think that it's an act and him, you know, coming upon with the, the cliffhanger from the last issue was a dummy of Foggy. We didn't know that or we probably could have suspected that. But I hadn't it's forgotten. A, it it's a dummy of Foggy, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, bound up and then uh, a, a suicide note that was doused in cyanide. And, the, the, uh, you know, the jester watching his reactions. Why won't he grab the note? Why won't he grab the note why isn't he reacting <laughs> he's his best yeah. friend this is the perfect plan the gesture was a little close to that uh, uh that bad astro city narrator so i was I'd a little like all right let's get this out of the way now <laughs> well i mean before in the past with daredevil they just the idea was yeah he's blind but he's got his heightened senses so he's not any different than you or me so they never really played with the idea of what would be different that he, about that he can't read a t-shirt right so they just kind of treated him like everybody else and here, Mark Waits says, "Well, he's he can still do most stuff, but he can't read the screen on a computer, you know. So, like, there's still gonna be problems, or he can't read the name on the outside of a suicide note. So, I do like that, you know. It's 
bit more delving into what makes him unique and different as a character. Also, before we move on, uh, really great colors in this issue. Um, it's Javier Rodriguez. Jordi Belair. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's Javier Rodriguez. I it was Ooh. Jordi Belair. Is that Spanish for Jordi Belair? <laughs> yeah. is, that her, is that her Spanish uh, nom de plume? She's everywhere. But uh, she's agents everywhere. But uh, no, really great colors. Like, I mean, it's it's... It's like Universal Monsters and a Jester character, so the colors have to be like just really pop like that and um, perfect for this issue, I think. Well, speaking of loose storytelling, um, I think that's the perfect way to describe All-Star Western right now. And I've come to terms with the fact that it's not Jonah Hex, and I sort of put that behind me. And I don't worry about that with every issue. And just I know you're talking to me, asshole. Enjoy and enjoy the, the <laughs> what they're doing. So what, you mean it's not Jonah Hex the previous run, right? It's not Jonah right. Hex the previous run. It's it's go- Lucy Goosey Jonah Hex, and what this arc has been has been Jonah <laughs> Hex. And I realize Lucy Goosey Jonah Hex is probably some sort of strange uh, dichotomy, but um, so in this arc, he's in the future. He's been bo- Booster Gold had gone in the past, and they brought him back into the future, and so uh, they sort of wrap up what they've been doing which was he's on trial because he uh he saw some dude holding hostages and he just walked up and shot him in the head so he's been on trial and uh you know bruce wayne helps him get off with his high-priced lawyers and there's a great sequence where they're talking about jonah hex and saying you know he's never going to make it in the modern world because they they figure out through some carbon dating and things and they think that he actually is time traveling um and Bruce, you know, he's never going to make it in the modern world. A man like that will will be, you know, overwhelmed and lost. And Smash cut to him on a, a giant Harley with a, with a leather jacket and a bandana. And he's like Peter Fonda in, uh, in uh, you know, I'm blanking. Why am I blanking? Motorc- motorcycle movie. Yes. Easy Rider. Easy, Easy Rider. Rider. He's basically e- Peter Fonda, Easy Rider. He's I got, read a book. He's got a gun in his hip. And he's got a, a girl in a small short skirt on a, uh, behind him. And he's, he's taken to modern life pretty well. He uh, he's adapted, and uh, they go and search for some gold that he had buried a long time ago, and it just they just you know they're having fun with it. He goes to the gun store, so he goes to the shooting range and starts shooting modern weapons. He's pretty thrilled about that. So, I just it's, it's, I think. Good. Do you think he's like? I can't believe they're still having us do this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think I they're just we'll gonna have this? as much fun with it as they can. Except know? that's not the case because if you listen, if you like, sort of read Jimmy on. I'm, he's sort of like, I don't know why people aren't reading this. Yeah. Like, if it was me, I'd be like, I don't know, let's see what we can do to make them cancel us because nothing seems to work, um, which is a fine thing. So I don't know is how long they're going to keep, I don't know how long they're going to keep him here in the future, but uh, for right now, you got Jonah Hex in the Southwest with an American flag leather jacket and uh, going to a Burning Man-esque sex party in the desert. I think that's interesting because yeah, it's probably you know it's not going to be permanent that Jonah Hex be in the in the future, but like to to or in the present, but to push him back in time. Like Jonah Hex is the one character that you don't have to worry about like bringing back like modern conveniences mm-hmm. and like I trying think- to profit on it. Like he's not Marty McFly. Like it's not. How does he not shoot all those yuppie hippies? Well, you know he does like sex. We do yeah. we do know that. Um, but he also. You know he's got a he's got a hair trigger that guy. True. Uh, then I forgot the the cherry on top is that at the end Constantine shows up. Oh, so it's like it's like everything well, it's like everything well. Josh would hate about this <laughs> comic in one comic. A a a Constantine. <laughs> a Constantine. Well, I didn't call him Constantine. That was what I was. You call him Constantine. Yeah, that's Constantine true. shows up because he's also at the sex party because there's demons at the sex party. So well, that makes yeah. sense. So it's I, I'm enjoying. I, I, I kind of say they're just, they're just gonna go going if, for it. If you had put a a, a Constantine Hex crossover two years ago, mm-hmm. I'd have been like, hey, <laughs> ooh, let's let's see what you can do with this. Let let him run. Right. So that's All Star right. Western twenty four. It's still going. I I'm still reading it. Um, and there you go. So in the meantime, you can help our show out by going to fanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find our link to Amazon and make if you make your purchases through that link. We get a little piece of the action, a little piece of the pie. Uh, helps us out, keeps the lights on, keep everything going. And you can also help us out by becoming an iFanboy member. Check it out by going to iFanboy.com. Click it on the support iFanboy link at the top of the page, and you can become a member for $3 a month, $30 a year. And that's probably the most direct way to help us. But uh, either way, it helps. And we appreciate everyone who does either, either one of those. And uh, so now what, guys? 
Okay, I'm going to need a little bit of help from Darth Vader to read the title of the next book. Marvel Now. What? Number one. <laughs> um, short stories from Scotty that was Young. not pre-prepared, by the way. We just know each other that well. We just did it. Scott Adsit, uh, Jerry Duggan, uh, Brian Posehn, Elliot Callen, uh, Sarah what? Schaefer, what? Steve Lieber, a whole bunch of people. And it's basically Marvel poking fun of itself. Fun at itself. And I was kind of impressed by uh, how how far they went with it. That they I liked the one part. The one part? <laughs> what? I, Which part? See, I want this to be funny, but it, right. I, it wasn't mostly. Humor is so um, specific and subjective, though. It's very specific, and... Uh, I thought the best part, the part that I, the part that I initially, when I first went to read it, I stopped because I was like, that looks really dense, and I don't think it's going to pay off. Um, which was the high evolutionary part, which is the second story. Okay. Uh, and I didn't recognize any of the names, and I was just like, yeah, I got stuff to do. But when I saw you put it on the list, I went back and I read it, and that bit where he, they just went down every Marvel trope for a while, I thought was really good. I thought it was very funny, and I thought it was super spot on. With the bit where they were, uh, they were talking about, the, well, the punchline was, hey, but there were three Wolverine books. I'm trying to remember what what the thing was. They were talking about something in that, like basically, you're like, that's never going to succeed. Um, I should have had this open. Well, they're ta- they're talking about what? some of the other books that are out there, and like such, you know, such like you know, such popular characters as blank and blank and like, and then they get to like Valkyrie and like, and who are you again? And she's like, I'm Valkyrie. I'm in a you know very you know, critically acclaimed book called, you know, Fearless Defenders and, 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 um, you know, you know, you open with Scotty Young making fun of the fact that he does, you know, all those baby variant covers and, and people complain and troll about it online. And, you know, why don't you do, you know, cats and stuff. And that's kind of the bookend for it. And, um, I kind of like the, the one where I I do like that Marvel has, you know, always shown up openness to make fun of themselves it was a it was a very classic move on their part and i haven't seen it in a long time yeah that's i think i mean it's very inside baseball but i you know what is an inside baseball in comics but uh you know they've always done that they've always had but i think they like they hit so many of the different things that they get criticized for that any reader who has read a marvel book will find something and they're like that they'll you know nod at you know like they do they yeah they do that all the time and i just think that that's kind of refreshing that a publisher would do that yeah um and like you know archie's that way too and you guys were talking about the you know uh, afterlife with archie book oh so mad you were not on the show for that episode i know i was mad too when i realized it was my you know my Stupid week Josh. off and it's just like yeah and <laughs> yeah you know after that though uh you know I, it wasn't funny again like the thor thing was kind of funny they were poking up you know like that was all right None of the Wyatt Snack, and I find why I think Wyatt Snack is great. None of those are very funny, you know. I liked uh, the, the Captain America being Captain America was the closest catfished. Yeah, like you know, Red Skull lured him to this, you know. Yeah, I, I I didn't I didn't think you know they were you know laugh out loud funny or anything, but I it's and it's it's not that I thought that they were hilarious. It's that I thought I was kind of surprised in a in a pleasant way that yeah. they were willing to poke fun at themselves like that. I think again. I think though again. That's a that's a that's a really tough. That's a, that's a hard task in front of them. So, you know, you give them some leeway. I don't know. I think it. I think it could have been funnier. But then again, I would. Just, it would have just been funny to me. <laughs> so, who knows? Aquaman twenty four featured the return of Aquaman's beard. Uh, that's damn right. So what happened was Aquaman got knocked unconscious, slept through all those villains forever crossovers, and woke up <laughs> uh, on this side. <laughs> and um, <laughs> what I found funny to my so did I to me and only about only me was that <laughs> he wakes up from his I think it was like six months six <laughs> months comb yeah he's been asleep for six months uh, very neatly trimmed beard and uh, well maybe that's a story is someone well was that's taking what I think I feel like Volko was standing over him going you know he does look <laughs> handsome with the beard but it's a little scraggly so I'm gonna make sure it's all nice for him also apparently gave him a a little haircut during the six months because his hair is pretty much still the same length, but he has the stylish beard now. I just well, he wasn't Spider Jerusalem at the beginning of right. It wasn't like wild. <laughs> it was scraggly. It was like I have that page. Very neatly Sorry. trimmed. I thought you sold that one. <laughs> no, I kept that one. Oh. I had page page one page five from issue one. 
It's a good page, but very neatly. Uh, I mean, my beard is scragglier than than is not as neatly uh, groomed as this as this guy's beard is. It's just I always I always find that funny is that they they make the effort saying, "Well, he was asleep, so he has a beard now." It's not like use the use the beard oil. Steven Seagal when he woke up from it's just uh, all seawater. It's just because it was like just. <laughs> I think there's sandalwood probably. Yeah, so. you know Charlie Hunnam could play uh, uh, Aquaman yes, visually. He Yes. He can't act, so that would be hard. But <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I said it. Um, yeah, this was fine. I think this is Jeff Johns. If Aquaman were to yell and or whisper a lot, because if he well, if I, if I want an Aquaman in the movie, I want like the the Grant Morrison JLA Aquaman. It may be fine. And, Actually, whisper like the that fits. Justice Perfect. League Unlimited wasn't he like that? He was he was beardy in that. He was yeah. only and briefly like, and you do, but like, you just have to glower. Like, you don't have to talk a lot Perfect. to be Aquaman. But you know what? Perfect. Perfect. Exactly. Perfect. That's so. That's the best casting I've ever. But again, visual. I can't. There's your every show. Every time he yells, I laugh. <laughs> I, and he, oh, that's all he does. So, what are you doing? This, this is Jeff Johnson. Why do I still watch that show? show? It's the worst show I watch, and I, I won't stop. Well, then maybe you should. I'm off topic. What's anyway, happening? That's, with, that's uh, the last issue. Uncanny Avengers number right. three. Everything that I complained about now, what not being that funny, Uncanny Avengers and and Hard of Hearing Cap made me laugh <laughs> out loud every single time. I was eating the, I, I was reading this out while I was eating, and I was like giggling loudly. <laughs> What's that, soldier? Stop you snarf. Cap. I, I I found it hilarious, uh, and I don't remember anything else about the issue, but that made me happy alone. And I, I could, he could literally drag that up for another two issues, and I think it would keep getting funnier. I think we go this way. I think we go this way! <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, oddly enough, like um, uh, the guy who played Opie in Saving Private Ryan. Right. Who was that happens in uh, Black Hawk Down, too. The guy loses his hearing, and... Now, yeah, I thought... It's not connected to Sons of Anarchy. See what I was doing there? Oh, I see. Isn't... I thought that the claws aren't Wolverine's mutation. Oh, no, the there's claws a, are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm backwards. Yeah, the claws that's are. why they were both metal claws. isn't. Never mind. I'm stupid. Listen, Originally, it was just the healing factor, but right. Anyway, since origin, it's the bone claws and the healing factor. Satellite yeah. Sam, number four. Satellite Sam. I I hate to I hate to be the guy, but like this was the one that I was like, this issue. It's not my kind of issue. This was not my favorite issue. No. It, okay, it wasn't just me. Like, like it, it was confusing, but I did really enjoy the TV stuff. We got back to the making yeah. of TV, which I like. Which, obviously, what? no one wants to watch a sh- a com- read a comic about the making television, literally. But, you know, having worked oh. in live TV, oh. I did That's the most those. interesting part for me, too. But I it, did it, enjoy those scenes, yeah. But they also sort of let go of the plot on, like, the, the mystery of, like, who killed his dad. I which, feel like I missed something. That was well, they have like three plot lines going. Issue yeah. three was it was it was like they really built some momentum because like he was talking to one of the women and like now we're gonna find out what happened or, or like we're getting closer to finding out what happened to my dad and um, I just feel like it, it kind of got a, a, a real backseat in this I issue. I don't think the time jumps were handled very well. Yeah, I think, I, part I, of the I think again the problem we mentioned this before is that. Uh, and this is sort of what Josh talked about the velvet, but worse is that all the guys are middle aged, doughy with mustaches. Yeah, and, and part suit. of that is a commentary. Like, sure, but it's sure. all look like I, that. Glad, yeah. Su- and since it's in black and page. white, yeah. yeah, it's even like you can't even have like them in different suit colors or different ties or something to help. So it's on the other hand, and I, I, I feel the need to point this out is that every time I look at this, I think. This might be one of the best looking comic books I've ever seen. It really, I, yeah. Like I say, like color would help, but like I, love I don't want that. Black and white. Yeah. Look yeah. at the patterns. Look at what Chaikin is doing. This is like I feel texture. like we've discovered some amazing European comic that we never saw, <laughs> and we're looking at it. We're going, this is this is so beautiful. Why why have I never seen this the before? Suit texture is great. Uh, yeah. just all of the textures. Like the whole thing is so. Uh, visceral, uh, and I, I, it's just so good looking. And I'm, and like the acting is really good. It's just that it needs. I this one just need a little more to hang on, and then to be a little more clear. Can you, you learn the phrase "cookie pusher"? I did. I did like moments. I like the guy who. Yeah, I learned it now. The guy who is uh, <laughs> the the new star of Satellite Sam is just not an actor. And right. the other actors hate him because he's not an actor. And now, see, that's where I got confused. Now, is that the guy? Is that's the, the son. Yeah. That's Mikey. Right. Yeah. He took so over the his last dad. time we saw him, he went to the bar with the lady. 
then we cut and we're we're on the show set and right. then later we cut back to the bar and I just was like what's ha- what's happening? I've, it's I've a little lost. tricky. Like I but I look forward to like reading this all in a chunk. Yeah, but like there needs to be like then now because yes. it's not yeah. clear. You're right. Or some visual indicator because that isn't happening. They should have characters constantly refer to the time. Yeah. Oh well, it is four eleven. And it's, and it's unfortunate because like it's totally up our alley and it's really interesting and it's well written stuff. I, I, I wouldn't call it a bad get confused. issue at all. I would say it was just a bit. No, just, but it, like out of the confusing. four, yeah. not my favorite. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dropping the book. Look no, at no, no, no. Look, look at, at it. it. <laughs> so uh, you may remember that when the Unwritten announced their crossover with the Fables, I was like, ugh. Yeah. And then in the middle that. of it, I was like, eh. And now at the end of it, I'm like, ugh. I don't remember the middle part, so this is... <laughs> I don't know, maybe I didn't mention it. Like, okay. it was fine. I don't think I realized... This is one of those things where I wasn't sure if I had to buy Fables or read Fables uh-huh. to get with this. Did you? So I decided not to, which is what I do during crossovers. Like, I just don't get the other book. I just read the one that I'm reading and hope I can make sense of it, which has been going pretty well with X-Men until, like, this week. But, um, but I can fill in the blanks just fine. Uh, but I just went. Like, this needs to be over. The the story was like progressing so well towards the culmination of the whole thing, and and now we're just just farting around in Fable Town for some reason. I don't want to anymore. Sorry, that was more, the that was the I'm cranky man this week. I have more, more like Foibles crossover. Yeah, <laughs> I really miss the days when we could make fun of Fables and you would get mad. <laughs> No, I just I, I, I like literally I had enough fables. It was just like I'm, I'm I'm good. There's a fables video game that just came out. Great, good for them. Okay, those, I, I, don't, I might I talk about it next the... week. So yeah. those are the books of the week. A lot of good books this week. I thought I big things fun. happened. Yes. If you were a fables guy, big things happened. Like big big deals. So that's somebody good, die. I guess. Yeah, somebody died. Somebody. They, I will. They, I, I, you got to give them credit. They were definitely willing to shake things up. But he was in the other book that I'm not reading. Right. Those Sorry. are books of the week we wanted to talk about. Uh, now let's talk about probably the biggest thing that happened in the comic book world this week, which was the cap. I'm sorry, I need to say. It wasn't in the comic book. Which... Well, it's the comic <laughs> world. It's. Yes. Uh, let me say the proper title. Marvel's Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Oh, I'm sorry. Strong. They released the. Yeah, that's the doing now. They're slapping marbles and everything. Um, it's the first trailer came out which was uh pretty exciting and i think i watched it five or six times did you watch the, the trailer day. of the teaser no of the, no I'm i just waited for that shit no, no i just watched the trailer because there's no context. i didn't even know that was i watched, a thing. I accidentally no, watched a thing. the vine for the x-men days of future past one that's coming out in a few weeks and it's just okay. there's no context and there's just a bunch of images flashing by you like it's a some sort of a subliminal messaging that's, test. There's a lot of fast cuts in this trailer anyway, so... That's enough for a lot of fanboys. Sure, but, um, you know, I was a big fan of the first Cat movie, loved it, and but this uh, looks and feels like, like a it. 70s thriller. It does. 80% of the Captain America movie was my favorite comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, right not up until not the my end. favorite Marvel movie. It's, it's, it's towards the bottom of my... I could, no, and I, I get that, but and I that's have... A, in, but that's also just I'm not a cap guy. Right? Yeah, sure. So, no, that's totally... Here's, here's the thing that I did. guy, so... I watched it, and, and when I was watching, I literally, like, I, I got tingles, like, on my arms and yep. my scalp. Yep. Like, I was like, <laughs> oh. Because I realized that... And, and listen, and I, I, I tweeted something to this effect, but, like, I, I don't get excited about this stuff anymore. Right. Because it's all very routine. We see new comic book trailers every month now. Like, and, and there's a thing that people do that they've been doing lately where they'll go, boy, I just... I can't believe we're watching a show on TV about Shield, and it's at this point like, why not? We've like there have been literally dozens of these yeah, movies well, because, now. We're, we're wait, because, wait, we're, I'm getting to it. All right. And the point is, I'm watching this, and I saw the logo come up, and I was, and I, I literally said, I go, I can't believe there's two Captain America movies, <laughs> and this one is based on my favorite comic book story, hey, you know, like three, superhero three comic book story. I know. Well, right, three, but even so, like, and I said it, even though I get so annoyed when people say it. Because of course there are all these movies. They're really successful, and it's it's been it's been over ten years. Right. But that being said, I was like, I, I can't. And look at there's fucking Falcon. Yep. Wow. Uh, it was kind of cool to see there was people who like haven't been following this shit like we had to for you know yeah. for a year, and because because like we've known about Falcon since I I, I think forgot. we said it was like San Diego 2012. 
that they started talking about Captain America Winter Soldier and like shortly thereafter they probably mentioned the Falcon was in it. So I've known, you know, and I've seen like designs and sketches of Falcon and, you know, know who the actor was and everything. And and then See, I'd, I'd there are people that are very excited and are like, wow, Falcon's in a movie. And yeah. it's pretty cool to see people get excited about that now. I'd, I'd completely like – I'd kind of forgot. I was like, "Who's that black guy?" And then, like, right before his wings popped, I go, "Oh man, is that Falcon?" And then his wings popped. I was like, "Oh, it is." And then I was like, "You know what? I've seen that, but I forgot about it because I try. I think I try not to pay attention to it because I want to retain some of that feeling that I don't get very much anymore. That I totally got watching this, and it was the same thing watching. Uh, I'm gonna call him Bucky because what the hell? Watching like I've seen the stills, I guess, and I knew he was in it, and it was called Winter Soldier. But to like watch him walk down the street, and there was that out of focus shot of the face, I was like, that is awesome. And I don't want to see another <laughs> thing. I don't want right. to see one more moment from this. Yeah. yeah, because I'm sold already, and let's do it. And uh, you know, I'm I'm not gonna reread the books before I go. That's a bad idea. But it's just that was a great comic book story. I can't wait. I think to watch this. I think the tone and having Robert Redford in there like that it really does it lends itself to thinking it, of you, you start thinking of Three Days of Condor and all exactly, those great movies and, exactly. and much like Josh forgetting that Falcon was in it like it was fun to watch people who I know but don't aren't really into comics or as much as we are you know didn't even know Robert Redford was in it and them freak out like what's Robert Redford doing in this like <laughs> what um who's great. he supposed to be in this thing's gonna be a bad guy he's 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 listed as Alexander Pierce a, so he's Lucan a shield, uh, you know, higher up. Interesting. But uh, which I like how I like how would be above Nick Fury as the director. I like how movie shield is way more bureaucratic than comic book shield. TV shield either. Movie Um, shield's got whoever those TV screen face dudes are. Right. So you know, I think it's awesome. I think Chris Evans. I think it looks great. I I love Chris Evans's cap. I think he's he's a. Yeah. He brings a great quality. Looking good in the new costume. Costumes not down, not so not so primary blue. Yeah, I really like the beat of the beginning of it. Uh, the thing with him jumping out. Yeah, good stuff. Did he have a parachute? No, because no, <laughs> he's fucking. And, uh, it, was, it was nice. And I think I think Black Widow was a, was a really cool surprise in in Avengers. I thought that you know I thought that. Um, well, it's very much a Shield movie. Yeah, you know, it's like Cap leading his Shield team. So it's you get it's almost much more of an event. I mean, I don't want to say Avengers movie, but it's like you get two Avengers in this one. It's a team up, like yeah. it's a, and and that's kind of a cool way for it to not feel like a letdown after the Avengers. Which there's parts of Iron Man three that are like, well, you know, why can't there be more of my favorite that characters? That movie is or, a team up, you know? Paul, between Tony Stark and an awesome kid. I I love that. That's my favorite part of the movie. Um, is when he's and that's a lot of people's least favorite part of the movie, but I I really love the stuff. Where uh, that's that I mean that's the that's the the Shane Black thing. Yeah. That's anyway, the, that's I think the we're Shane all excited for it, and we are all disappointed yeah. that it's not coming out now. As much yeah, I show my dad the yeah. trailer. I always show my dad the trailer, and he always gets. I gotta stop it before it says when it comes out because he always gets pissed. He has to wait that long. Well, I showed Mike Romo the trailer, and he was like, "Okay, when's it coming out?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, next year." Fuck. April. April, right? Yeah. So we gotta wait. He's not like us, where he's just been. He's used to seeing things nine years in advance. So I just think it's never coming out. Right. But it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Thor in the next, you know, two weeks, yeah. and I'm looking forward to Cap. And you know, these are these are really fun movies. So can't We're say gonna... I'm all that excited about Thor. You're you're a communist. I'm excited about Thor. I think I'm the opposite of a communist, my friend. <laughs> you're a communist. The Captain America no, punch you in the face. You're a you're a you're a you're a heathen well, with your true. with your pantheon of gods and whatnot. <laughs> Thor, you're Thor the, is awesome. You're the one who would be labeled a communist. Paul and I love Thor. Yeah, he's dreamy. Like I may be a, like a little bit of a Thor, the first movie apologist because I I just I love the character. And I love There's the nothing captain. to apologize about that movie. There's it's it's not a perfect yeah. movie, but nothing to cool. apologize. It's perfectly charming. Let's I, get to the I, audience I questions before we run out of time talking about how how adorable Thor is. Why was Cat Dennings in that movie? Because she's funny. I guess Scooch. This guy's name is Scooch. That is awesome. Scooch. Scooch, Scooch, Scooch writes to us from the 1950s. From Cylinder, <laughs> Iowa, Scooch says, The return of That's Aquaman's beard place. got me thinking, who has the best head of hair in comics? Who's got the worst? My answer for both is Wolverine. I miss old Wolverine hair. Which like, I miss when they, they, they started to try to make it realistic. 
Right. You mean like crazy you know? pointy Wolverine hair? Yeah, like like John Byrne 70s Wolverine hair. Let's roll with that. Or like right. Frank Miller. Frank Miller, yeah. Yeah, like that. I wish they'd do that again. That he looked at basically, and there was like a bunch of other characters who also had that haircut. Like when they when they they tone like it down, owl. was it was it like new like new X Men? Yeah, I mean it was cool quietly. when that happened. It, uh, I think of not quietly, but uh, I probably quietly. I think of John Cassidy. I think. I mean, I think it was around the time of the first movie. Yeah, two thousand when they were, you know, they were doing all sorts of stuff wrong. Right, they and the new X Men was first, and it was around the time of the first movie. They gave him the name James Howlett, for example. Ooh. That was. It went along with the haircut, and it was kind of cool to first see it with like, oh, that's how the hair would really look, and that was fine. But now I'm totally uh, wistful for for hair of the past. Um, I, you know, we were just talking about how do you not how do you not go with Thor? Hmm. Thor has magnificent hair, and Thor with a beard is is as good as Thor gets. Right. I remember the very first time I saw, I guess it was Simonson had done like a drawing of Thor with a beard and I was like he needs to look like that all the time and I was like 11 <laughs> are are there are there superheroes that shouldn't have beards or do they all look better think, with the beard like I No Captain no, Captain America shouldn't have a beard and so that when he has one it's a giant indicator that shit has gone real wrong right, right. It's like Batman uh, right. Batman same thing um Nightwing yeah, the, no beard Those are great indicators Superman. I think that's why No Superman should never have a beard on a regular basis no. just like Cap I liked Iceman's wizard beard from the future. Gandalf Iceman. Oh, and Colossus's mustache. But well, this is facial that's... hair. We're talking about head hair. Okay, head hair. All right. Head hair. Um, I mean, Cyclops's '90s, you know, model hair was always a lot of people say Scott Summers. The thing Summers. is, the, the problem is that for most of comic book history, all men had the same hair. Right. Uh, so I mean, if if you want to like who has the best hair, you do have to give an honorable nod to Guy Gardner because if nothing else about him. That hair was a signifier of this guy's a dick because his head is shaped like one. Uh, and the, you know, you may not like him and you may not like that hair, but you've got to give points for that visual signifier. Right. They shaped his head like a penis. <laughs> Namor. The, th- the Namor thing hair? is, though, that, that Namor has hair, great hair. I had a friend in, in school who had hair like Guy Gardner. That was a hairstyle. And he was probably a dick. Or no, he, he was wasn't. a cute little kid. He was one or the other. But that was a that was a hairstyle. The moms would just it was, they they yeah. shave around the side, and that was it. it was uh, Norman Osborn. Yeah, well, there's another one. Norman and, and Harry both had that white guy cornrow thing. I don't <laughs> I don't know what that is. I think okay. Um, so I'm I'm throwing out some you know weird ones, but my so my my official answer I think is Banshee. Interesting. Oh yeah. No, he's got good because if you, I, it, that's I, like that Cyclops. Like that '90s haircut to like the nth degree. See, I tend to think when you say Banshee, I tend to think of like him looking like an Irish dock worker back in like the Dark Phoenix saga. Like yeah, standing yeah around that's what his, I mean. In his sweater with like the yes. huge Donegal sweater. Yeah. Um, I, you know what the thing? Here's this is actually something we've lost. Is that for a long time, hair's hair was there was all this great ridiculous comic book hair that was really iconic, and then right. with that with and the they realistic. Got to be real, Josh. Yeah, it's real, but it's also it's like... It's got to be real. Could, I got to feel the truth it just, in it. It was silly hair. I mean, uh, you, you, can't, you can't pass up Reed Richards and his gray temples. I mean, that stuff, is, that's perfect. Like, it, so many times in that early stuff, like, the haircut would be the real, the real visual cue. Um, uh, lady, lady haircuts. Lady hair? That's tougher. So, like, Storm with the mohawk. Storm's I mean, mohawk. Like, yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a really cool look. And Yeah, and Dazzler had a lot of hair cuts, like the short one or... Uh, trying to think. It's harder because they just tried to make like there was just a bunch of dudes who didn't know anything about girls just drawing girls. That's, <laughs> like that's Wasp with the pixie cut. So uh, I'm a fan of the pixie cut. Yeah. Well, you know, you yeah. know what Joshua was thinking is is you mentioned guys drawing girls who don't know what they're doing. Is Alan Davis still draws the old hair <laughs> on <laughs> yes. everyone? So everyone's still <laughs> stuck in the 70s and 80s of Alan Davis, which is great. Which, which is at first like it was a thing to be like this is really taking me out of it and now it's the opposite now I'm like you fuck you go yeah you roll with that I like that's your that's your signature is you and Brent Anderson have no idea where we live <laughs> what time it is <laughs> early, early look around man Bagley Bagley uh, Ultimate Peter Parker for 90 issues right that whatever that was it's, it was an extension of the, uh, of, the of the dick hair so <laughs> yeah it's um, but like, here's the thing: like, he was more memorable with the bad haircut, and it was a fun thing to talk about than he is with his like with his haircut looking cool. Right. 
Mm. Well, there you go, Scooch. Scooch that was a lot like, more Scooch fun. Scooch probably has those glasses with the uh, the little sl- slats in them, like in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I picture Scooch. I picture Scooch with uh, with really really dark jeans that are rolled up a little short, but yeah. like a nice thick cuff on them, and then black chuckies. Yep. Um, and a shirt tucked in, and his, Scooch and his always cigarette. has a quip for you. No matter what situation, oh. <laughs> Scooch has that yeah. quip ready to go. Scooch drives a drives a '30s Roadster. Yep. Oh, Quicksilver. So it's like Wolverine hair, but silver. Yeah. Well, no, that was the thing. There was there was the owl. There was Star Fox. There the was owl, Quicksilver. Yeah. They all had the wolf. They all had that hair. There was a I was one there kind you of, go one to of the, the same stylist characters. who just says, "This yeah. is all I can do." I, the thing is, there's no real life, uh, you know, antecedent for that hair. Right. I, I don't know what they had in mind when they did that. At all. It looked like the mask. So when he had the mask off, you could tell who you were looking at. Yeah. I think, think, right? I mean, seems like that's why it would be. I don't know. Oh, Tony Stark's jerry curl hair? Sweet. Oh, that was the the soul glow look. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. And the mustache, and the sort of 80s clothes really completed the, the adult entertainment star look. And you, you know what? And, and you know what he got for it? He got shot in the spine. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, that's that's where the goatee sort of saves the character because he was sort of a joke the way he looked. You know, <laughs> he didn't pull that mustache off like Tom Selleck. He didn't, you know, he didn't oh. make he didn't make it work for him. He looked creepy. I think they've they've done some neat stuff with with Rogue's hair because she's got the white over the brown. They can do different things with it. Well, we've talked so much about hair. We've e- eaten up the entire segment, guys. Good good job. Okay. Thanks, Scooch. That's fair. Thank you. Thank you very much, Scooch. That was a good email. Cylinder. Get back in that roadster, Scooch. Drive off into the Sure thing. Contact at ifanboy.com is where you email us, and 888fanboys32697 is where you call us. If you have an email like Scooch and you want to get on the show, that was a great email. Good job, Scooch. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to keep saying Scooch. Thank you, Scooch. Let me throw a really quick plug in. Uh, does, does the letter on Scooch's jacket stand for anything, or is it like an ironic letter? Is it just like an S? <laughs> he wears the Scooch jacket, and he calls yeah. it Scoochmobile. <laughs> never never does you, something. He's like, you got scooched. Never you can't scooched. the ladies. The ladies always think he's funny, but none of them want to date him. Scooch-tastic. Scooch-tastic. Scooch gone over. <laughs> Still funny. Um, I, I still scoochable. <laughs> oh boy, I made an appearance on Eat Geek Plays Crisis and Infinite podcast this week. You can hear me talk about um, some of the things we talked about in this show. We talked about the Cap trailer and the new books of the week. We talked a lot about Velvet and things like that. So head on over to Eat Geek Play's website and you can find the Crisis and Infinite podcast episode three, I believe I'm on. So check that out. That was a lot of fun. And while you're already on the internet doing things. Head over to ifanboy.com, comment on this show, tell us some uh, what you thought of the books this week, and uh, other things we talked about. You know, if you're if you're Scooch, come say hi. Here's the thing about Scooch: he doesn't have a Tumblr. Scooch does not have a Tumblr. Scooch, no. Scooch doesn't have a tweet. He doesn't tweet. No. Scooch is out there. He's scooching. He's not. There's no, there's no Facebook.com/slash/scooch. Okay, I just looked up Cylinder, Iowa. Not a real place. Eighty-eight people live there. Oh, so everybody knows Scooch. Everybody, everybody knows, knows Scooch. Scooch. Scooch is everybody's best friend. Scooch, we love that guy, Scooch. It's not a except party until Scooch like, shows up. Except like the, like the mayor. The mayor of <laughs> well, no, like, Scooch! The mayor and the chief of police are always, oh, Scooched. <laughs> you got Scooched. Old man Withers got nothing on Scooch. <laughs> <laughs> All you see is white wall tires spinning. I just, I just like that he lives in Footloose is what, <laughs> that's what I like. He's in charge of the chain room. <laughs> Okay. A huge empty space. Twitter.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can find us scooching. It's a good thing they didn't make a, a Footloose remake. That would be a horrible idea. Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, you can email us at contact at iFanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, uh, which is 326-2697, uh, particularly if you do not leave 29-second silent messages like spam. That would be the best. Yeah. Especially Get a lot of those. Uh, if you dig this kind of thing, write us a review on iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom on a podcast. Spread the fanboy scooch. <laughs> Spread it. I, around. I feel like this isn't the last time Scooch is going to make an appearance. We, here's the thing, Scooch. You write us an email. There's a good chance you're going to get on the show. 
<laughs> you got it's a it's a pretty high bar you've set for yourself. So, I'm not gonna lie. True, but he's already got a leg up on the rest because uh-huh. Scooch has always got a plan. Scooch has always yeah. got a scheme well, going. That's Scooch. <laughs> the thing is, you can't really hate Scooch. He's lovable. So it's hard. Like it's not even. I'm sure it's not even a nickname. Like he's like a Dobie Gillis character. It's his name is like Scoochbert Wellington the Third or something like that. Right. Scoochbert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh look, it's right here. On, it's right here on my birth certificate. You carry your birth certificate around, Scooch? Laugh track. You've been scooched. He has to say it through one of those half like barn door kind of things. I want to travel back in time and write a sitcom right now, <laughs> <laughs> or at least like a like a Happy Days like guest character. Right. A month of shows. Scooch McGillicuddy. All right. Until next week. I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I'm regrettably just Josh. This feels so boring now. I know. When I take her to the drag, she really shines. Giddy up, giddy up, four nine. She always turns in the fastest time. Giddy up, giddy up, four nine. My four-speed dual quad, positive traction, four oh nine.